This is the Seafair Investor Podcast, bringing you the tides on investing and personal finance from two millennial seafarers and alike. I am your host, Soshin, a full-time seafarer, value investor, and a personal finance enthusiast. Welcome to episode 27. Today's episode will be about the mindset and philosophy of Morgan Housel, which recently I finished his book, The Psychology of Money, and the key takeaways or my favorite quotes I shared in my Facebook page. And it was such an awesome book, not only because it's about personal finance, but it's also about investing. And because as I've said in my previous solo episodes, personal finance and investing should go hand in hand. You might be really good in investing, but you always spend all those gains, so it doesn't really matter and vice versa. But today, I won't be focusing on the book, but one of the articles he wrote a few years ago, which bears the title of this episode, Save Like a Pessimist, Invest Like an Optimist. Sounds cheeky, but it's a really powerful quote to live by. Let's go. Morgan Housel's article opens in the story of Bill Gates where he was being interviewed and called a genius, which he really is. But the point there was what he shared afterwards on what he is doing in his company, Microsoft, in the early days. He has this rule back then in Microsoft that he insisted that the company should have enough cash to keep the company alive for 12 months. So, when he was asked about this, he simply said that most of his employees that time was older than him and have kids. So, he worries because Microsoft is a technology company and in that space, things change really fast and so he wanted the company to be able to pay his employees even if Microsoft doesn't earn in the next 12 months. This paranoia, as Morgan pointed out, starts in contrast of Bill Gates' genius and confidence. It only shows that pessimism and optimism can coexist relatively well and also flourish. Bill Gates understood early on that in order to be an optimist for the future, you need to be pessimistic enough to survive any downturns. And this really struck a chord with me because in the world of investing that I know, there isn't enough emphasis on surviving or on personal finance. It's always about the upside of the stock you're investing. What's its next year's earnings or cash flow will be? But as an individual investor, there is little emphasis on how your finances will survive in an emergency. Again, it's always about the returns of your portfolio and the way things of each individual holdings, but how about when everything comes crashing down? The companies in your portfolio will, yes, survive, but will you survive also? (laughs) So this is where the save like a pessimist rings a lot to me. In a way, it made me double the amount of my emergency fund. 
I know it sounds crazy at first, keeping that large amount of cash just sitting by and earning laughable returns in bank accounts, but to people that have experience going through a life-changing emergencies that almost reduced their money to zero, it does not sound crazy anymore. And thankfully, I have not yet experienced, but I'm sure I will someday. As what Morgan said in his article, as much as there is a possibility of a miracle every month, the amount of disasters and setbacks occur in the same percentage. Meaning one way or another, a series of bad luck will happen to you and me and might wipe us out financially. That's why I'm saving like a pessimist because of course, but of course, maybe not to the level as Morgan did with his where he and his wife have 25% of their net worth in liquid cash sitting somewhere. But for me, I want to have enough cash save up to weather any unexpected storms that will come in my life. Because it's always that one unexpected event that can wipe us out. In this regard on savings, I like how Morgan again thinks. He said that there should be no definite reason in saving money. I know it's counterintuitive, but what he meant is that the reason you're saving is for things you should you don't expect. However, <laughs> you will ask if that's the case, then there there will be no fixed amount for your savings. <laughs> I know while that's true, but the point here is to have enough buffer or cash to not let you get to the point where you need to touch your own investments. As the number one rule in compounding, as Charlie Munger said, don't interfere with compounding. Now, especially being a seafarer where we work by contract and not being paid on vacations, it's more important than ever to be saving like a pessimist. Because a, a thousand things can go wrong. I mean, one major medical emergency here in the Philippines can wipe you out, considering how expensive healthcare here. And Okay, let's say even let's say you're already a rotation in the crew of a ship. It's not a guarantee that it will last for many years. That's why one big component of my emergency fund is to cover my expenses on the months that I did not expect to be staying more on land. I don't want to get to the point where I will not reinvest my dividends back into my portfolio because... I can't pay the bills next month as I did not expect to be staying more months unemployed. Of course, there are more other disastrous emergencies than this that can drain my emergency fund, but you get the point. (laughs) I want to survive the short-term setbacks and disappointments so that I can be more optimistic for the future. Just imagine if almost all your money is in stocks or a really volatile asset like crypto, let's say. You can't really sleep well at night knowing that any event can wipe you out and make you start in zero again. Well, of course, you'll argue that if nothing happens, then good. But I don't want to play the odds myself. Now, this leads to completing the quote, which is investing like an optimist. To be honest, 
being an investor should automatically make you an optimist already because you are betting that the future of the business you're investing in will be bright and good. Because why invest in the first place if you're pessimistic about it, right? (laughs) The great example recently is the short market crash of March 2020. At that time, if you're investing, you need to be really, really optimistic of the future that mankind will survive the pandemic. I forgot who said this, but the investing logic that time was if you are wrong and the pandemic goes out of control and kills or you know destroys society as we know it, then money won't matter at those times and will be useless, of course. But if you're right, then it will reward you handsomely. <laughs> now I I have I don't have any more points for this so but but before I end this short episode I just want to say that there should be a healthy balance of pessimism and optimism in regards to personal finance and investing I know it's kind of obvious but it won't work if you're leaning too much towards being too pessimistic and vice versa but finding the right amount or percentage between the two is a personal one, and I don't have a definite answer for you. But again, the answer is simply, whatever makes you sleep well at night is the right decision and should apply to everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you like this content, kindly subscribe and follow my podcast on whatever platform you're listening to. Don't forget also to leave a 5-star rating and a review you see fit, as it really helps in the discovery algorithm. Also, if you want to reach out to me, kindly follow and like my Facebook page, The Seafair Investor Podcast, and my email which is soshininvestor at gmail.com. See you in the next episode. Bye!